Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. All right, gearheads, welcome to the show. We just watched the Russian Grand Prix. This is John Massengill sitting in studio with Les Kaiser and Jonathan Green. Wow, Got the boys. whole crew in here. If you want to give us a call, call 512-643-LIVE. 512-643-5483. Tell I don't us think what... I've ever been able to sum up a Grand Prix in one sentence, but it is. I will always trust the team. I've... Yeah. <laughs> that was a very succinct way of... Putting it, I've said, I've also an unwritten, unspoken way of saying, but I may I'm not trust my trust teammate. My teammate. <laughs> yeah, multi twenty one, Seb. Yeah, does that not remind Deja you? Deja vu. I, yeah, we were, no everybody was thinking it who saw this race. Yeah. Said this is Sebastian Vettel. We've seen this before. We've we've heard this whole thing before. So yeah, it uh, turns out that the fastest cars all the weekend. Did not win the race. Did not even finish both cars. And Mercedes finishes with a one-two. Lewis Hamilton, but, Botas. But how, I mean, they, they they just from the minute from the get-go, they spent the first twenty-five minutes arguing with each other uh, on the radio the, publicly. Oh, in front of one hundred and ninety million people. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know that was you know keeping your tactful presence <laughs> was lost in that. They could have fixed it in the pit lane, and they actually did. And they did. But, but you know, I guess the, the big question for me is, as soon as I saw, they said Vettel's MGUK, his kinetic energy unit is out, right? And I thought, okay, well, I'm, I just thought, well, okay, he's going to drive around. He's going to pull it in. He's still got engine power. Yeah. But he pulled over and then caused a safety car that caused Ferrari to lose. And that's right. way more egregious, which was, okay, I got, the understand. I, I put, put it this way: there was obviously a plan. They knew, and Leclerc knew that that you were a sitting duck because of the slipstream at the start yeah. of the race. We all saw him leave the door open. He made it obvious. He didn't even try to not make it obvious, and we all went, "Guy, he left the door open." But it was planned that way, right? Yes. But was... the plan was fine. Vettel, you get to come through. We get a one-two guarantee that nobody else yeah. gets through, and then you give the place back to Leclerc. But the first thing Vettel does is, well, you know, I don't know how I feel about that now. And <laughs> yeah. well, I don't think he's close enough, does he? I'm faster than him. And and, then, and off we went. Now, now the, the I'm faster than him and, you know, he had that gap. I'm fine with that. Then keep that gap and get caught up, you know, until later in the race. So right. We'll sort it out. If you want an argument, wait till the last that, lap. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact that it started so early. Now, the one thing I would say, if I was... You know, if I was Waldo sitting in the pit watching this, I would Waldo. make that decision before we had the last pit. Yes. That way I could control it, you know. Well, and ironically, they did make the pit stop. You called it. They they, they made the pit stop and they got him out. 
on the undercut so right. that so yeah. that all all matters were over. But I was about to finish the the most egregious thing, and you picked up on this, obviously, yep. is the fact that why didn't they get he lost his MGU, right? Yeah. So he lost MGU his kinetic yeah. energy. He yeah. lost his electric power. He didn't lose his engine power. He had two corners to get to the pits and not bring out the safety car. Yep. Yeah, why they did messed they... up again? Yeah, did they? I can't think of a good reason to. I can think of a sabotaging reason to yeah. do just what we saw. Well, was there something? I can't that... win it. Fine. Yeah, I'm gonna pal. Is there something weird? We don't know. Would it have caused the car to catch on fire? I don't know. What would have caused? What would have happened if they had they kept the car out? So, well, look. Let's start off by uh, giving Vettel some credit because he had a fantastic start. Right. Yes, he Remember, did, yeah. he started third. And and had a great start. The beginning of the race was really interesting, and I think I wonder if it was those medium tires that Mercedes were starting on because not only did Vettel pass um, Hamilton, but so did Carlos Sainz for a moment. He got ahead of Hamilton at the start of the race, so it was a great start to the race, really interesting start at least. And but yeah, so Vettel <laughs> Vettel got up behind him, and and uh, so let, let's play out the start of the race. So the the Leclerc jumps out and gets a good start. Vettel gets a good start. Hamilton, not so much. And then by the time they hit the long straight, they knew that this could happen. And the, the team already, yeah. they, they knew that it could, that there, there could be a possibility of draft. So Vettel comes around Leclerc and as planned. And then that's when everything, the wheels came off. And so to speak, because they, of Vettel not following team orders and letting Leclerc back and Leclerc complaining about it. Unbelievable. I mean, just unbelievable. I mean, who, the dog wagging the tail, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's as though Vettel has chosen, I'll manage the team. You guys don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Who's on first? Yeah. Basically, he said, I know better than you. And you know what? It's what he did with Red Bull. <sighs> yeah. And which I, I hated that. But I mean, today it's like, is Ferrari is. But, but you know, here's the irony. How, go on, is Ferrari. Well, I was just going to say, are, are they doing so poorly that Seb's getting so pissed off going, this is obvious is not the right decisions, but... Well, but also, they've had a dearth years in the in the wilderness of several years. Suddenly, they went four Grand Prix, and they've got cock-a-hoop about it, and they're now starting to decide who's going to win the race. That's dumb, guys, and look what's happened. Yeah. You've lost both, and you've exactly. got another Mercedes first and second. The history books will show another double win for Mercedes, and all of that rubbish in between is naught and and they just i mean honestly they, they talk about shooting themselves in the foot they've been doing it forever and this is something that has gone in their history all the way back to schumacher and baricello and eddie irvine and so on and so forth they can't get out of the way of themselves a stark contrast to mercedes what did i say at the start of the race? yes what did i say at the start of the race it's leclerc's turn because of singapore yeah what but, I but mean, I as felt, an American, I, yeah. and Lord, we operate in sports. It's like, what are you talking about? Whose turn is it? Yeah. It's, it's who's ever fastest, who's ever whatever. I, I don't. But I'm you sorry. Know, unfortunately, that's what that's. So is it true in 2020 they're going to get participation trophies? Yeah, that's what it feels like. Well, that's... I have to say, if I was K, uh, Chase Carey, I would not be pleased with the way my sport is. But like you say, as an American, it doesn't do anything to grow the sport. What? What are you talking about? Yeah. No, yeah. it's it, there's no there's no turns contrived. <laughs> yeah. Hey Dak, take a seat. We'll get we'll get Tony Romo to throw a few catches. Now you've thrown. Now you've done. A yeah, you've you've had your. You know, it's not yeah. fair. What? It's not fair. No, the the best the best and the fastest win. The strongest, fastest, whatever. But thank you, Mister Darwin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That that just was. It was very frustrating. Uh... It was. We should ask our racing driver <laughs> expert his idea, his thoughts on this. 
That's true. We should. We should. Uh, yeah, we're yeah. Gonna, actually what Jonathan's referring to is we're going to have uh, Price Cobb. Yeah. on here shortly. He's going to call in, in here in a minute. And, I would know, be American very interested legend. in his words. I really would because this this is gonna this is gonna certainly get the conversation going. And if you want to join that conversation, five one two six four three live. That's five one two six four three five four eight three. We want your opinion, but we're going to get Price Cobb, who raced both in America and around the world uh, to huge success over the years. He's now based here in Austin and uh, is a friend of the show, uh, and I know he will have an opinion on it. You know, I re- I'm looking at my notes on lap 10, Leclerc Radio, where he was going, well, okay, I did guys, my bit. I did what I'm supposed to do, but then he said, okay, you guys manage the situation. Yeah. I mean, so we've got Leclerc telling his team to manage the team, and we've got Vettel saying, I can manage, manage the, the team. team. It's like, <laughs> who's managing the team? Who's on first? <laughs> yeah. Who is managing the team? Who's and on the phone? Let's 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 get a, a definition on this. Let's let's bring Mr. Cobb in. All right. Well, let's do that. We are very excited to welcome to the show Mr. Price Cobb, American race driver with a fantastic resume. Price, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey guys, good to hear your voices. How are y'all? <laughs> good. Great. What did you make of that Ferrari debacle? <laughs> well, you know, clearly, and I'm, and I get to say this because I'm married to one. Uh, the Italian situation continues. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> said know, so brilliantly. It's like, it's like you can guarantee that something exciting is going to be made of situations like this anytime they're involved. That's true. They do it with their soccer it's- team too. They score five goals and then let three in. <sighs> Yeah, exactly. And I don't understand some of the difficulties now. And and I just came in on the end of y'all's discussion, but clearly, you know, everything's always evolving. There's no such thing as you you can't plan a race start to finish and, and, and know that it's going to end up that way. But when Vettel, after practicing drag starts at the local drag race place uh, <laughs> near there, clearly got away, well, now he, he owns the roost for a while. And then I couldn't believe that they were asking him to drop back into the clutches of Hamilton and both us to let Leclerc buy. So like all of them were saying on the radio, you know, all the commentators are on the TV, you know, let the thing play out. It's too early to force the hand. And indeed, I agreed. But sadly, we all saw what came of it. But also, um, now, again, we were just discussing that was they yes they dropped the ball in the first place and then argued for 20 minutes in front of all of us which was stupid <laughs> uh you know and it really just typical ferrari you know uh, who's yep. managing the team somebody make a decision and manage this team just as toto wolf does but the, then they dropped the ball again because sure they had a pit stop for vettel but he lost mgu and i'm not a technical guy but that is the electric kinetic power that they restore and regenerate um it's not the engine and instead of going two more corners to bring the car into the pits, he stops the car, gets out, and causes a safety, which gives Hamilton the win. Was that a petulant, childish response for Seth? I would say, you know, I, personally, I believe so. But at the same token, wow. you have to understand his frustration. Do I know that? Of course not. We're sitting outside looking in. At the end of the day, too, that raises the notion to me of the whole fallacy of the virtual safety car. Right. I mean, if you intend to allow people to keep their places. This is me being very sarcastic, gentlemen. And because they earned that, you know, six seconds, 12 seconds, 20 second lead, yet this is what comes of it. And it's not the first time. How in gosh's name do you allow it to continue? To me, it's a luck of the draw. Bunch them all back up. This is solely entertainment. Let's not kid ourselves. 
Mm. I mean, Price, you raced around the world and you certainly took on Ferrari and sports cars at the highest, highest level. Were they the same? Are they the same across the board uh, in terms of, you know, what we see in Formula One, what we see in their sports? I mean, we, we love the Italians, don't get me wrong, but you're right. I mean, in terms of there's always a drama with these folk. I, you know, I think some of it, uh, John, is that it's um, they're they're who they are. You know, everything is spectacularly <laughs> exciting, casino, uh, huge. Uh, yeah, I mean, and so again, we're not being mean to them. It's no, no, just no. The fact of life. So, like, as you pointed out, they need someone like Toto Wolf or someone with his uh, Teutonic, uh, you know, your Teutonic thoughts and 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 performances. That's what they need. Hmm. Or a good American organized <laughs> managing director like Zach. <laughs> well. Yeah, 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 Zach, or let's just say Roger Penske. And oh, I'm yeah. not claiming anybody, but we're talking about the captain. You know, he, he's run a ship. I mean, look at the number of victories that he's orchestrated in his lifetime. It's staggering. You know what? That that example is probably the best. <laughs> uh, the captain, i.e. Roger Penske, runs five cars at the Indy 500. I've never seen anybody argue hey, with Roger. I was just going to say, could you imagine <laughs> people arguing yeah. with the captain like that and, and being so <laughs> I think that'd be a very short argument. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and never forget, too, you look at – all the captain's done. Sorry, Mr. Penske has done in his lifetime. I'm sure that he uh, he, he does a great job of vetting no no slam on Vettel of vetting the people before they come to work for him. He has to know that you're a team player and that you, as the person being hired, have to accept the fact that he sees more data than you do while you're driving this car. So shut the fire truck up and get on with it. <laughs> but yeah, you I gotta think... you gotta trust. You have to have that yeah. leader that you trust. You are and, correct. And if Ferrari doesn't have that, I mean, I, it's not right for you to disobey team orders, but you've got to have that leader there. Well, but yes. you've got to have that teammate there. And we've seen yeah. Sebastian Vettel, when he's out in front, yeah. is not the same Vettel when he's said, trying to catch up. Yep. But, uh, you know, back <laughs> – yeah, no kidding. Know that song. Back to the virtual safety car. So, Price, you know, if I understand correctly – you generally want to stay out and make the most of a fast-paced lap. You take advantage of the yellow flags. But the virtual safety car coming into pit lane is a time where the pit lane turns into an advantage during a virtual safety car. Is that a correct assessment of it? Yeah, 100%. But, but so, again, I understand their argument of why it even exists. Because clearly when the safety car comes out, all bets are off, as it is in the rest of the world. But that's the way it should be. So think about racing is often the luck of the draw so yeah. why you know why are you suddenly deciding that okay we need to put out a virtual safety car you know so so again they they applaud in this case the, the mercedes well we're going to give you an advantage for the, even though the luck of the draw the you know the ferrari failed you get to enjoy this well i don't understand why is that the case why under this easily rectified situation do they get the luck of the draw so you are correct Les. it's just silly it needs to go away i understand it maybe when you know there's not going to be a need for pit stops and and so there won't be an advantage gained but you need to fix it hey price i've got one other question and this is a yep. driver's point of view we've seen and i think we'd all agree with this uh, we've seen um Charles Leclerc come into formula one get the greatest prize seat in formula one which is the ferrari um uh, become we, we called it a changing the guard, but at Monza, we saw him come of age as a Ferrari in front of the Tifosi. 
Um, and yet weeks later, literally weeks later, he is questioning both the team and his trust of his teammate. This doesn't bode well for the future Ferrari, who finally got a, a world championship winning car. Well, my, the only thing I struggle with, and I just, I just put it, chalk it up to his age. He's, he's young. He's been thrust on uh, the world's greatest stage. I mean, not only is he an F1, he's driving for Ferrari. Mm. If my recollection is the most noted name of all products in the whole world. So that's mm. a lot to deal with. And for a young man, yeah, he does need to learn to bite his tongue. I'm sure it's just part of his being so young. That's my two cents. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. No, fair enough. All right, guys. Well, let's take a quick break. Can you stick with us through the break, Mr. Cobb? I, I will do my best. Just know that I'm traveling. And if, if you lose me, just say, well, we got rid of that old guy. And he's got, he's got to answer to a furious Italian right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You listen to Speed City. We're live from Austin, Texas. Back after these messages. At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives, only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town, in your favorite store, or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company. Born, bred, and brewed in Texas. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Talk 1370. Hi guys, Romain Grosjean from Haas F1 team, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. We are breaking down the Russian Grand Prix in Formula One. Lewis Hamilton, Valtteri Bottas, 1-2 win. And we still have on the phone Price Cobb, an American racing legend, and now the owner of the Tread Connection mobile tire repair in Austin, Texas. Price, uh, we I think just, he's doing my tires right now, actually. <laughs> yeah, we could be getting our tires done right now. Price, we were just watching while during the break. We are actually watching an interview with Lewis Hamilton on, uh, on ESPN. And, Vettel. Uh, sorry, with uh, Sebastian Vettel. And he was just... He was avoiding the question. It's funny. He, he wouldn't answer the question, but he was, the, you know, basically the same thing they were just all saying on the radio live right. during the race. But uh, but he was just, it was really He amazing. said, I don't want to get into the team politics. Yeah, he said, I don't want to get into team politics. It's really incredible that 
that uh, that that the, the way they went about this. But I mean, do you think that that this is <laughs> this is correctable at Ferrari? Yeah, that's a good question. Clearly, it comes down to the two guys driving the two cars, and if they can keep from driving a wedge between themselves. <laughs> and it, it. So my only caveat to the entire deal is when I signed on with the team, or when I did. Of course, we realized that was back when Fred Flintstone was a star. <laughs> yeah, we we have to those wooden wheels, that, right? And and you're in sore feet. But I, <laughs> you have to acknowledge the fact that you're joining a team, whether you like it or not. If you need to swallow your pride, you need to swallow your pride. A good team will give it back to you sometime. But it still has to make sense across the board. Again, I say that Vettel, at least at the start, he earned what he got outdrug everybody the first that's free and clear so i don't care what you say about that but at the end of the day they need to let it play out and if team orders needed to come to the surface after that great then charles needed to get over what was going on shoot it was 10 laps into the race i'm making this up you guys might have better notes but come on man there's 53 laps in this race why are you barking about it now clear the field you two just put your heads down drive away and then you have all kinds of options at the end of the race it, I don't know to your answer if they'll be able to fix it. They darn sure need to. What a great team. Yeah, that's a good, very good point. And I, I do think Bonotti is the right guy for the job. We've had, you know, uh, more fiery Italians at the helm. He is a very technical um, and level-headed, easygoing guy. And I do think he will immediately spot how this is going the wrong way for them, especially as I say, you know, that they're, they, that they're shooting themselves in the foot. They've got a car now. You know, there's no argument. They are competitive, um, right. and and they've got to react. I mean, this is where this is how Formula One ebbs and flows. Is that once you get a package that is capable of winning a title, you better darn well do it. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and, and I'm always uh, right now, guys, afraid of losing you. But before I do, I just want to happily, with a big smile on my face, first of all, kudos to Hamilton because I would say he's arguably the best rounded guy we've seen in decades. Because now he's certainly cool, calm, and collected. And no matter what car's in front of him, I don't care what everybody says about the arrow, he will get up to you and then race you. Setting that aside is it's funny to hear Hamilton after the qualifying talk about how fast the Ferrari is and where are we. Well, gosh darn it, weren't they the fastest car for years and how easily we forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. <laughs> Absolutely. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah. I did like what, uh, what uh, Hamilton said after the – Leclerc pit, pit stop. He said, Ferrari's still behind us? He said yeah. it just like that. Right. Huh? <laughs> Look. It's like, I can't believe it. You got it. review mirrors. You got it. But right. it was a great race. You know, guys, I really enjoyed the race. I love hearing uh, some of the new commentators they have that can see a lot of the developments. I just love that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's and, true. And I must admit, they, they are spot on. And I think, obviously, now with technology and the fact that we get the sector times and the tires, uh, we're all in a, in a better position, so to speak. Uh, right. And I think that's why it makes the discussion almost uh, more interesting. You know, one last point, though, uh, Price, and that John brought this up. How good can it be to see this sort of uh, baseless arguments about winning races for the sport here in the States where we're based on, you know, winners are winners. You know, you, you go out and you go out. You, there's no, hey, it's your turn to win and no we'll let you go No participation trophies, as you put it, less. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you 100%. Let him go off and race for crying out loud. If there is to be orders, it needs to be when it's to protect a championship. Not, I mean, too late. The reality of it right now, it's all too late. Really? Give me a break. You yeah. know? So, so let him race tooth and nail. Just don't take each other out. And other, otherwise, I, I mean, I couldn't agree with you all more. Sometimes the fabricated finishing drives me nuts.
Yeah, and it's not just, I and mean, they're trying to grow the sport here in the States, and Americans right. don't understand that. They understand winning. No. Exactly. You know, we, we want excitement, even if it is amongst the same team. So honestly, this probably did get some, garner some extra attention. And, you know, tomorrow at the, you know, water station, people are going to be talking about this. Mm-hmm. So it's <laughs> good sure. in that way. Yeah. It may not have been presentable for somebody that just really wanted to see the race continue, but it was, it's definitely garnered the attention of the Italians having a, fight inside Ferrari over who's going to be out front. <laughs> yeah, and and again, what kudos to Ferrari for figuring it out from being almost a joke uh, after their preseason testing where they they stood head and shoulders above everybody um, and then to suddenly falling on bad times and coming back. My hat's off to them. And the last thing is before I depart is the impression to me that McLaren's made, you know, bringing in uh, Mr. Seidel from Porsche. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't I can't say more for that team. And it's it's great for me as an old guy that sort of grew up and when I lived in Europe and saw Formula One racing, McLaren was, you know, one of the icons. And then to see him fall on the times that they've had recently, yet starting to call their way back, pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah I don't know good. if you know that they've also signed to uh, go back to Mercedes engines in 21. Which that. is, yeah, that's yeah. an interesting move. Oh, my God, yes. Well, yep. Price, Price Cobb, thank you very much for your thoughts. Love it every single time. We appreciate it, buddy. And uh, thank we'll, you, guys. We'll talk to you soon. You bet. Travel safe. Drive safe. Take care. Yes, sir. Bye bye. All right. Well, let me run down the the finishing order here. So, Lewis Hamilton, Valtteri Bottas, and Charles Leclerc, Max Verstappen, Alexander Albon, Carlos Sainz. Good and, result. Yep. And Sergio Perez. Then Lando Norris in eighth. K Mag finished in ninth. And then they'll add the five seconds on top of that. Take him out of the points. Hulkenberg, Stroll, Kvyat. Raikkonen, Gasly, Giovinazzi, and then the cars that didn't finish, Kubica, Russell, Vettel, Ricardo, and Grosjean. But, yeah. Yeah, look, I, I do like uh, what what Price was just saying. It's good to see the good result for McLaren. It's exciting. To, I mean, who's not a McLaren fan, really, if you think about it? Everybody is. Just the well, history is awesome. But but also, like he says, the history that they've been through in the last five yeah. years has been tragic. Yeah, I mean, the, uh... Then they were where Williams are now. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's very true. God, that's hard to say that, but yeah. Well, it's true. And and at the time, had one of the greatest drivers of all time, um, who they knew they couldn't keep and uh, probably kept him longer than they should have done in, in Alonso, you know? Yep. What's he doing this weekend? <laughs> uh, I think he's coming to do Trans Am next weekend. <laughs> well, I'm hoping so. <laughs> that's and what you're no- planning on anyway, right? Yeah. I'll introduce him as such. <laughs> Uh, so what about some of the racing in the midfield? I mean, I need to get to the uh, constructor standings back up, but what about some of the racing in the midfield? You know, we saw Albon finishing up next to Verstappen, you know? Yeah, so, he had a racy day. He, had a, he yeah. even took on Gasly side by side for a bit. Well, and he was not having a good weekend up until the race. No, so that was he good had to... crashed in what practice or qualifying? Yeah. Oh, yep. qualifying. Yeah, qualifying, he got yep. a red flag. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, hit the wall pretty good. But yeah, Albon finishing right behind Max Verstappen. So that's good for his career move so we'll see how all that goes you know carlos signs and uh and perez six and seven but so what about uh what about lando norris um i didn't see oh just looking at his times but hey we got a caller on the line let's go ahead and go to the phones by the way if you want to join us 512-643-5483 we got andy p we've got a regular on the phone hey andy uh-huh. how's it going buddy McLaren. yeah How's it going, Andy? Good morning, guys. Good morning. Extra early, eh? Yeah. Yeah, you can say that So again. you just got up. We'll tell you what happened in the race, if you like. <laughs> for, for, <laughs> let, let, me, let me give you a guess. Ferrari screwed it up. 
<laughs> I, 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 my, I wrote down in my notes, red cars doing red car things. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's, that's, better, that's a better headline than I had. That's go. really good. Um, there you <laughs> go. That is about right, Andy. Good assessment. What, what's your take on the whole Ferrari day? They turned themselves inside out. They had easily the fastest one-two cars on the grid, and they turned themselves inside out trying to get a result that they wanted as opposed to just running the race that was in front of them. You know, Vettel gets the start. That, that slingshot thing happens, and it happens. So move on. Yeah. Just run the race that's in front of you, and you, you, you could have had an easy victory. You certainly cost Leclerc the victory. Uh, then with that with that second strategy call um, to bring him into the pits, puts him behind Botas, then he can't pass him. I know. You know, the World Athletics is on in, in Qatar right now, and if there was the 100 metres, Ferrari would be putting out hurdles every four, <laughs> every four yards just to give themselves a disadvantage. It's nuts. It's nuts. Uh, so, hey, yeah. Andy, so what about, have you heard, I mean, we're all sitting here puzzled why Vettel didn't continue to take the car around just two more corners and bring it in instead of losing the race for Leclerc with that pit stop. I mean, at MGUK, the, the engine's still running, but I, I don't know. Have you, you're out there on social media. Have you seen any news about what happened? The, I haven't seen anything specifically to that other than I think Vettel just saw that there was a, an, an opening to, to pull the car over. And I thought the Ferrari message on the team radio did tell him to stop the car where he was. Yeah, I think so, too. That's why I'm saying, did when they said stop the car... It was a mistake. I, I, yeah, was it a, well, another mistake? No, they're trying to... Well, there's two, there's two ways of looking at it. You, you, one, you're trying to protect the engine so you can go in two weeks to Japan. Uh, and I understand that. But you're, you're also giving the race to Mercedes. Right. So when, what, when do you ever make a decision to lose the race? You, it's your race to win. All he has to go is two more corners. I mean, is it... Yeah, I just don't know. Hmm. And it's important to point out that, that most drivers have written into their contracts that when a team tells you to stop the car, you whether or not you want to, you have to stop the car. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. That, it's true because you don't. You're not in a position. You're not looking right. at all the data. You don't get the data. You don't. Yeah. You, just because you didn't hear the noise does not mean it's not about a blow or you yeah. know you can't and, read everything. And I have no argument. Obviously, if in from Vettel's position. He doesn't care. He's, he, he's, he certainly didn't. He jumped he, off the car like he'd won the race. Right. So he's not going to win. It doesn't matter to him from that standpoint. But from the team standpoint, I, just don't, I don't get it. So I guess we'll in the coming days, we'll figure it out. Andy P., I got a question for you. You are a McLaren fan, if I'm right. Absolutely. How pleased are you at, at, all right, 200 points behind, but fourth in the title chase for the constructors right now, uh, when by the time they get to Coda, they could have solidified that? Considering where this team has been, and you guys had mentioned the last five years, you know, they've been an absolute nowheres bill. You know, they've had great drivers, and, and the cars just kept letting them down. And the fact that two main uh, key components have, have gone in there, Pat Fry over the offseason last year and Andrea Seidel have fixed a lot of the management or mismanagement with that team. And I am really excited for the future. Yeah. What, what about uh, the engines with Mercedes? Do you like that? I think that's a great hookup. And it also now kind of closes the chapter on the Ron Dennis experiment <laughs> um, by, by leaving Mercedes in the first place. It's a long experiment. Yeah. Uh, uh, torturous.
All right, well, we got to take a break. Andy, thank you very much for your input. We appreciate the call. appreciate you listening. We'll see you in two weeks. Take care. Sounds good, guys. You have a good one. All right. All right, let's take a break. We will be back after these short messages. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives, only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town in your favorite store or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company. Born, bred, and brewed in Texas. Howdy, I'm Andrew Monaco, voice of the Texas A&M Aggies. All-American Dave Elmendorf and I are bringing a little bit of Kyle Field to Austin. Join us for the 12th Man Happy Hour on Monday, September 30th. Enjoy an evening of cocktails, food, and Aggie football talk at Bob's Steak and Shop House. Dine on fried lobster, beef tenderloin, and more as Andrew and Dave break down all things Aggies past and present. It's the 12th Man Happy Hour. Ticket info at 12thmanhappyhour.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Talk 13-7, the right choice. Jay Leno from jaylenosgarage.com, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. I was just looking at the standings in the past. So McLaren in 2017 was second to last with only 30 points. And now this year, they've updated the standings on their website. So now McLaren is 101 points to Renault's 68. So... Like you were saying a second ago, when they come to Austin, this is going to be, I mean, they could wrap it up. Yeah. If they continue at the pace they're doing. And it's such an amazing turnaround in such a, a mm-hmm. very short period of time. You know, I, I remember saying, you know, when, when Honda were there and we were all saying this is the end of the world for them, I said two things. McLaren will come back and Honda will come back. Yeah. Honda are back and McLaren are very much uh, on the way back up to the top. Okay, but what about the Mercedes power coming in that we just spoke of? Yeah, well, I, you know, um, it's an old, as you said, it's an old um, relationship. relationship that they've had for many years, um, and they were very successful with it at the time. Mercedes McLaren were, when, if you remember, when Alonso and um, 
Hamilton were going Newton to, uh, you know, wheel to wheel for the championship in 2008, and they had a huge uh, success then. So with the announcement of McLaren going to Mercedes Power, I question this. I think Formula One management needs to look at the grid. You're going to have Mercedes obviously running Mercedes Power. Williams is in the back with Mercedes Power. And you've got uh, Racing Point in the Racing midfield. Point mm-hmm. in midfield with Mercedes Power. Now we're looking at McLaren. That's eight cars on the grid. That's a huge population of Mercedes Power on the grid. Is that something Formula One management is going to allow to continue and, and mature into that? Is it going to go to what we look at in IndyCar with Honda and Chevrolet? That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, good point. And is, is it that also good for the sport or not? It may or may not be. You're right. And, and also, is it sustainable by Mercedes as a customer supplier? And what I mean by that is you can't have that many customers and say, yep, you've all got the same engine. You know, um, look what Honda did this weekend. They Wait a minute. No, I'm going to argue with that. Hamilton has one DNF out of 63 races. When I'm talking to parents about buying a kid for their uh, car for their first kid driver, <laughs> yeah, you buy a kid? that's a different market. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, you know, what car do I put my teenage driver in? Yeah. Go get a Toyota or a Honda. Sure. They're going to crash it, but it's dead nut reli- oh, yeah. reliable it's, it's, in it's other ways. Well, now Mercedes-Benz has that reputation on the Formula One grid. Yes. Are you really going to do that? Well, yeah. I mean, you're going to pay a certain amount to get that Mercedes power plant for the reliability. No, but any, any customer, I mean, the, the bigger supplier you are, the harder it is to keep that level of reliability, especially when it's not in your hands. And you've only got so many people to, right. you know, I mean, Renault are in that you, situation now. You could also argue a little bit of the opposite. I was just reading an article, I, I bookmarked it here, and it was just saying, uh, Total Wolf saying, um, he said, he said uh, back when we were supplying Manor, it's changed a bit. He said, uh, we realize it has, it's, it is an advantage to have more power units out there. Uh, maybe he's saying. Data, it, data, data. Exactly. Economies yeah, of scale, data, you get all this information. So, okay. Yeah. All right. What about another way of looking at it? Will Mercedes take my opinion and say, you know what? We can't, we, we can't, you know, we can't have this many customers. We'll drop the lowest one, which is Williams. No. Marketing. Okay. Flat out Marketing. So you, Mercedes you, you think Benz, we're going towards a more indie style two two engine? I think if Mercedes supplier. has anything to do with it, yes. I think mm-hmm. if FOM does it, they're going to look at the field and go, wait a minute, to have that many Mercedes people, how are we going to get another F1 team on the grid that can't afford Mercedes power? And are they going to be okay with being the back of the pack? It's interesting because in India, are looking for another OEM to come in and have, yeah. in fact, basically said as much. So, well, And I don't understand fact, why yeah. Ford hasn't jumped in. Ford's a global brand and market. And it's got to be somebody that big. I was thinking, wouldn't it be great to have Porsche back in? Toyota. But I just don't. Yeah. I think Toyota really now may be the most. Now they've their WEC yeah, aspirations that's, that's, per se. Toyota may be the most likely. They've got the, you know, the biggest. They're a huge company. Alonzo. Yeah. <laughs> He's free this weekend. But uh, no, I, I just think, uh, you know, as far as teams or manufacturers that are queuing up to get on the grid, you know, be it IndyCar, be it. Formula One, they got to look at the rest of who's there and how can they compete. So we've got three engine manufacturers right now. If you are, I mean, Honda, look, look, look at how Honda had to take a slap in the face with a wet cloth for several years. But we all said, 
And I particularly said <laughs> that they would get it right because they are the biggest manufacturer after Toyota in the world, and they have. Um, so we've got Honda, Renault, Ferrari, and Mercedes. That's the way we are at the moment. Mm-hmm. Anybody else coming in, like a Toyota, and they have been in Formula One, um, struggled. And in fact, were not successful in Formula One and had to actually give up the game. Um, and that's when they went to sports car racing. So who is going to jump it? I mean, Ford, you're right. They have the wherewithal. But is it, you know, is it? Is it? A, I mean, you know, Mercedes have got 20 that, years ahead of them. That, that's a hard argument to make to the accountants for sure because it's – they, yeah, they built yeah. it in Le Mans in, in 90 days. I know the film's coming out. Well, but. yeah. <laughs> that, was this not, that was a different time because think of a hard – look, right. Honda – I mean, look how they struggled and failed and finally got it right. I mean, they, oh, yeah. their their reputation took a beating. So that's a big decision for somebody to make. Yeah. In the days of uh, Daryl Waltrip, you know, flying red Fords around is is gone. I don't see that happening. Now, of course, in, in WEC, you know, we see him at Le Mans, thing like that with the new GT doing fantastic. But, see, I, th- uh, I think in the Mercedes-McLaren um, operation, I mean, unlike Red Bull uh, per se, McLaren have a complete sports car side. So I think there could be a lot of crossover between what McLaren cars are doing and potentially what uh, Mercedes are doing. I don't mean that they're going to have a Mercedes-McLaren or whatever, but I think the, there's a good crossover of technology there. And maybe even like a Lexus stroke, uh, you know, Toyota or a Honda Acura relationship, you could have a brand of McLaren cars which are influenced by Mercedes hmm. to make to make a McLaren car more mainstream. I mean, McLaren is such a – I see you less as <laughs> – I think McLaren is such a cool car brand. I mean, it may be, I mean, in a way cooler than Ferrari – you know, I mean, to me, I think it's, I think it's unique. And when I what, think of McLaren, I think of a high-end technology that they're big mm-hmm. in the IT world, and that plays in and comes into play, and it it, it translates to motorsports very well. Well, it's going to be fun to watch this part, but geez, I I don't know what that's what's going to happen with that. But all right, what other impressions from the race today, guys? Obviously, the the big story was the debacle from the. Uh, I'll give you an impression. I have done my bit. Let me bow. That's my impression. That's Leclerc. Uh. <laughs> Not that kind of impression. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I was expecting the Michael Caine. But... <laughs> uh, so, yeah, let's look at the Constructor stand, Championship standings here real quick. So Mercedes now 571, Ferrari 409, Red Bull 311, Renault 101, Renault, uh, excuse me, uh, McLaren Renault 101, Renault 68, and... Well, you know, Toro Rosso, 55, Racing Point, 52. Uh, Mercedes got this thing mathematically just about wrapped up. but um, And Haas down at 28 points. Jeez. I know. I talk about a fourth. I mean, you know, we, we haven't really talked about the elephant in the room. What happened to our fourth place fighting for Renault team from last year? It ha- I mean, it really has fallen like a house of cards, this house. I hate to say it. And I love Gunter and I love Gene. I don't know which one's which. But anyway. Um... <laughs> Inside joke. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I will never no, forget my... I'm Gunter. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. So, yes, that was on the Monaco grid. I called him Gene, and he corrected me. No, I'm Gonda. He corrected me. Man, here we are trying to make a name for ourselves. Here we are trying to make a name for ourselves. We send Les to Monaco. Did we just edit out some F-bombs or anything? I'm just wondering. I'm Gene, not Gunther. You F-F-F. Oh, yes. Oh, All right. Well, there's... There's a couple other stories that we had in had in our show doc that I wanted to that I wanted to talk about. Um, one of them being, so Paul Tracy yes. uh, tweeted out the other day. He tweeted out just a really quick tweet. He said, "What do y'all think about reverse grids for re- reverse grids for F1?" And I retweeted that, and then Will Buxton replied to my our retweet, and that started a whole. It's a firestorm. I was going to say another kind of storm, but yes, it started a storm, <laughs> and. Uh, and you know what? Buxton came out in favor of them in F1, which really surprised me because I don't like the idea in F1. We talked about it a little bit a couple weeks ago, you and I last, Jonathan, yep. you were off the show. But um, I, I don't like, I mean, the first thing I thought of was the, the the junior races, Jonathan, where you've seen them many times. I mean, you've probably got more experience. I've not. Well, yeah, I've seen, to be fair, most reverse grids are done in touring cars where there is a balance of distribution and also with street races and with, um, you know, uh, BOP, um, it's very hard to overtake. So having a reverse grid does allow the faster drivers um, to come through and create more exciting racing. And it also does give the odd chance for a slower driver, A, to get some TV time, uh, and B, to uh, to hold on to that lead as long as they can. I, I, and I mean that. I mean, I'm, I, I know you looked at me strangely when I said more TV time. But... Well, now we're sounding like we were a minute ago. It's like, okay, do we want who do we want up there? The the guys who've earned their right or, you know? Well, the point is it's know, trying to jumble it up. In the, in the junior series, absolutely, I see it. And actually, I like it. But in Formula One, I don't no, want that. I don't, I, I'm not a big fan. Well, there, there's a couple options around it. And I'm still not a fan of it. I do like the idea of seeing more passing. We're trying to do everything we can. But uh, I think, you know, the reverse grid short version is one of the things they're looking at is including a Saturday race that takes part of the qualifying. That blows budgets out of the water to have add another race to F1 weekend. For these teams. All right. Tell you what. Here's what we do in F4 and F3 here in the States. Is F4 and F3, yeah. Yeah. Your fastest lap in the race is your qualifying position. So even if you finished 18th or 8th, but you got the fastest lap, you start pole. Okay. And I like that. At least a little better. Well, because it then says, and, and also, you like you saw today, they go for the fastest lap for a point. So you could actually go for pole position in the Saturday race Still having, you know, like Ricardo. Ricardo could have said, okay, I've had a smash, not my fault. I'll come in, I'll get new tires, and I'm going to go out and get that fastest lap, or at least the top four fastest lap, then sure. I start fourth for the next race. So there is a, 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 an equivalency, a balance there to what was nothing to do with him. Same with Vettel. He, he you know, he's out of the race uh, today, and, and then he can still be qualified well enough for the next race. Here's John's a- smiling. Well, I'm just smiling because I'm actually looking at some of the Twitter responses to this whole discussion I was just talking about. It says, I thought DRS, this is uh, this is Ben. He says, I thought DRS was bad enough. That's not racing. Why don't we also arm them with missiles, torpedoes, and handbags? That would also be fun. Another good tweet. It says, handbags? Uh, yeah. Joe, yeah. Only Italian ones, so, you know. <laughs> and then DMAX says, no, no, no. Manufactured racing. He says, why don't we just install sprinklers on the track? 
Good idea. Just for a bit of Bernie Eccleston suggested that once. That's what it's his hashtag is Bernie. (laughs) It says hashtag (laughs) Bernie. He did for the French Grand Prix. He said, why don't we put sprinklers in? Yeah. uh, Here's another one from Marco. He says, artificial racing is artificial. IndyCar is pure. No unfair DRS or these other gimmicks. Says, let's have F1 ruin itself and become a non-sport so other forms of real racing can shine. So he's taken that to the to the nth nth degree. degree. Exactly. I think... Uh, uh, I think, you know, we're all trying to address passing and seeing more of it. The The whole idea of budgeting and standardizing components for the cars. I will say I want smaller wings. I didn't know you had wings. <laughs> <laughs> they don't fly. But, uh, yeah, I would say smaller wings and go towards ground effects so that the cars can run in a tighter pack without issues that, you know, we heard about today. I think that's the way to go with this, and uh, for that tighter formation, I think uh, do away with DRS. Anyway, I, I yeah, the quicker we can get rid of DRS, it was a, a terrible solution for a problem that was even worse when it came in. Well, I think it was an answer of okay, we let's try something different. Yeah, and so I'm I'm okay. Try it different, but you know, figure uh, out that what DRS right. came in when Formula One really didn't have anything like Ross Braun as head of motorsport and people looking at this thing and analyzing it year on year, getting feedback from fans and, uh, and engineers alike. Um, and so there was really no thought. It was a technology, a te- technology war, which is great if you're NASA, but not if you're, yeah. if you're trying to create a sport, it's a, t- it's a tear. Formula one is a business, a sport and an entertainment uh, outlet. And to get that balance is not easy at yeah. all. All right, let me just read one tweet that's actually for it. It says, love it, PT, Paul Tracy. It says, uh, we love the races where the fast guys start further from the back rather than start finish, then start first and finish first. Yeah, it's coming through. it is fun to watch. I mean, how many times have we seen where Hamilton or start at the back and come all the way up? Well, and I, here's the thing. Think about it. If you, it wouldn't work in Formula 1 for the simple reason. You put Verstappen, Hamilton, and Botas in 12th, mm-hmm. 13th, and 14th. I, I, it would take them six laps. Yeah. So what's the point? Six laps to, to get, get to the to front. Get to the front. No, it's for the point of six laps. Oh, decent <laughs> racing. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's a good passing. Point. I mean, that's where it would all happen. And, and as we see, when you see, you know, Max start from the but pit again, lane, it's like DRS. It's artificial racing. It is. This argument could go on for days. Oh, and it has been. Years. All right. Well, let's take our last break. Uh, thanks for tuning in today. You listen to Speed City. We're live from Austin. Back after these messages. Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives, only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town in your favorite store or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company. Born, bred, and brewed in Texas. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride 
or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin, online at DucatiAustin.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Austin's Talk, 1370. Jenny Gale from BBC F1. You are listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, when we went to break last, you were talking about wings in Formula One, smaller wings you wanted. And uh, one of the things that's been popped up a lot is that uh, talking about standardization of parts in 2021 with the new rules. Uh, Ferrari came out very vocally and said, we're not in favor of that. Right. Right. And, and I get it. I mean, Formula One is supposed to be the pinnacle. It's supposed to be the you know creative Wild yep. West and all of that. And we all love that. But <laughs> until we, uh, you know, we got to address budgets. That's a big part of the drive towards the standardization. Brakes have been one that's been coming up. We want standardized brakes from some teams. Some of them don't. You have multiple manufacturers, things like that. I get it because that is a, a very active technology that's in involved in all of this. Yeah, I mean, it's there's a so crucial much, thing that you want. Yeah. You want your cutting edge technology headed. I'd there. rather see something that is standardized be something that's simple to manage, simple to detect, if you will. For instance, I'll say wheels. They got to be a certain profile. They have certain offsets. They have certain you know, features about them that must be there. We, you know, early in the season, Mercedes was playing with air, air circulation inside the wheel and tire assembly. Yeah. So I'd say, okay, that's something. Let's go with wheels. You can do whatever you want, but this is the profile of the wheel. Everybody's running the same wheels. That's that. And so, you know, you can get them by different manufacturers, but this is the technical dimension that you're going to get, whether it's OZs or whoever you're, you're running with. Uh, the other one, wings. Do we want to standardize them? I'll say not in everybody's wing looks the same, but it has this much from a frontal profile looking at that wing. It has this much you know, square centimeter of surface. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a great discussion because it, it, we need to figure out the best ways to, to make the sport better and yep. cheaper and all those things. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be fun to watch and see how – Chase Carey and the boys at well, the media figured you know, out. And, and a big part of it, the rich get richer in this sport yep. is what's happening. It's causing attrition with teams, uh, changing hands, selling, tr- people trying to bring in fresh revenue to uh, keep things going. It's not working. The other item I've thought about was what about air intakes? Okay. Do we standardize Standards. a single air intake? I know. Every time I think about I go, that's a good idea. They go, oh, wait a minute. I don't know. That's such a crucial part. Everything is so okay. Let's standardize the mirrors. How about that? I don't know. I don't. You know. I think of like on the road tough. cars, like starters. You see, you see starters go across a dozen manufacturers, and I don't know. All that, right. How about this one? Fuel. 
Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I do like that, actually. How about fuel? How about uh, have two standardized uh, power units, NGKs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's the flywheel. I don't know enough capacity. about it. I don't know enough about it. So, yeah, I mean, I love the ideas. I don't know. There's We need to get what some would F1 we, engineers yeah. around this table yeah. and have the same discussion. What would you all standardize? Yeah. Hey, uh, let's talk about the calendar because we are – how many races between us? There's three races. No, two races. What am I saying? Two races. They're, I'm looking at the F1 calendar, and they show the F1 Hollywood Festival as on the schedule. But so we've got <laughs> – yeah. It's not a race. So we've got Japan Splits in two weeks, and then two weeks after that, we got Mexico, and then the following week is here in Austin at Coda. You bet. And speaking of Coda, I saw you put in a story about some tires being tested. The you 2020. bet. So one of the things is this is the uh, the thing I like about Austin, besides I get to sleep on my own pillow, <laughs> is it is one of those things where they start looking at, and they test some theories, test some ideas. They're looking at years ago, we saw the safety car test go That's on right. Here. We saw it here in Austin. That's right. And so that was our first time to see it. This time the while they're here. Car, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this time while they're here. They're going to test the new tires. And so I'm interested to see how that plays out. And it's not during the race, but it's uh, for data purposes. So if things start comparing, see if they're getting the results they want out of these new compounds and things. Remember, they're going to a larger tire. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, the obvious reason why Austin gets chosen for some of these is that we're towards the end of the season. But I wonder if any other characteristics of Austin. I used to think maybe the heat, but now we're back in November, so it's not going to be well. Not I say that it's not going to be hot, but it's yeah. still 100 degrees here every day. Hey, 30 some odd day. days, I think over 100 degrees. So uh, dress comfy. Yeah. Well, that's no, that's just September. We're almost, we're at like 20 <laughs> something days over 100. So anyway, uh, yeah, I keep wondering when, because Formula One kept going backwards, thinking they're going to move it further and further and back into October. I was like, you get it into the first week of October and you're going to have a tire meltdown. You need to go back the other way. So they're right. doing the right thing right. this year. But, uh, but yeah, I, I wonder what else makes Austin a good test bed for these new products. I don't know. Maybe I think it's, uh, you know, although here we are at seven years on the asphalt, uh, I think it's modern asphalt that they're working on. It's the temperature range that's possible here. Modern circuit, uh, modern layout. All, all of, all of, you know, this is yeah. probably the newest of its type, uh, with the Tokyo asphalt on it. Yeah. It may be, in fact, when I was thinking about the changes in Sochi, how the the track surface is no longer just insanely smooth and yeah. and uh, but how Austin now has some character to the circuit now, and some bumps and stuff in, here in Austin. So it's it is well, and they're saying Sochi is very smooth, not very aggressive for a degreg. All right, well, thank everybody for tuning in, and if, of course you can uh, catch us here on uh, our Formula One shows pre and post every Formula One weekend, but also every Sunday night in Austin, we have our regular show. But thanks for tuning in. Go to our website to find out all the information, speedcitybroadcast.com, and we'll talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.